Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. It has been a long day, and it has not been a great Monday for many of you heading into work. You drive in, you, you look at the gas station, and you go, what in the actual bleep is going on here? Well, elections have consequences, even fraudulent ones. You're getting hosed because of the Cheneyites of the world. That's kind of what's going on. So unfortunately, if you didn't vote for the right guy, you know, the good leader, and you voted for the vegetable in chief, this is what you get. By the way, some of you right now starting to look at your vehicle and you're going, all right, I needed a winter vehicle, but now I need a high mile per gallon vehicle may want to go to rbcarcompany.com take a look at that that might be your best option here who knows when this is going to end i mean it's honestly look how long we have to go before somebody could possibly replace this guy and start getting this on track it's it is that much of a mess so let's let's take a look at what's happening today shall we uh crude has been Going over 119 today, it's just below 119 now as it still continues to trade, but basically it's up over 3%. So it's going 118, 119, 118, 119. It's been doing it all day per barrel. That's how how bad this is. Now, when you start to factor in what it was before the election... Any idea what the, uh, the the price of crude was before the election? Anybody? Josh, do you have an idea? Being in the news department, any clue? You probably covered this. Close. He said $25 a barrel. Close. It was like, you know, between 30 and 40. It's 119 right now. And it doesn't matter how much Nancy Pelosi and whatever she is injecting in her body tells you This has been an issue the entire Biden presidency. This is not something that started because of Russia or Ukraine or any of that other nonsense. I have to put together a timeline of all of this for you. So let's let's just take a look. Just I'm going to hit refresh on my list here. Okay, so the three closest gas stations to us, four dollars and 40 cents per gallon, four dollars and 36 cents per gallon. And then apparently, by the way, you're welcome, Kroger on on McKinley, $4 a gallon. You save half a buck if you go to Kroger on McKinley right now near uh, town and country. Kroger, call me. Endorsements. I I did that to Costco. Did you you see the messages after we did the Costco thing last week? Because Costco is 44 cents cheaper than everywhere else. People were sending me messages going, I don't know what you did, but we can't get gas at Costco now because there's too many people at Costco. I would like to think that I took some, I was I was responsible for at least some of that, but generally speaking, anytime gas is expensive, Costco gets really busy. But, uh, but I'll take credit if you want to give it to me. So let's go back in time further, shall we? Ellen R. Wald. This is Forbes. This is in 2020. 2020. 
When presidential candidate Joe Biden released his plan for a clean energy revolution and environmental justice on July 14th, he ensured that Russia, Saudi Arabia, and the rest of the world's oil producers will be rooting for him to win the election on November 3rd. Russian President Vladimir Putin, Saudi King Salman, and his son, Mohammed, need higher oil prices to provide for their countries and accumulate their own wealth. A Biden presidency is their best bet for high prices. This is in 2020. July, specifically, 2020. More specific, July 20th, 2020. You were told that this was going to happen by everybody. Literally everybody. So anyway, Ellen Wald continues. I wrote almost a year ago that Russia and Saudi Arabia secretly want a Democrat candidate to win the presidency. Both countries have economies that rely on the production and sale of oil and natural gas. In Russia, the oil and gas sector contributes almost 40% of natural re- uh, national revenue and more than half of the... Uh, of their exports. Sorry, pop up. In Saudi Arabia, the oil and gas sector contributes about half of the country's GDP and 70% of its exports. The national oil company, Saudi Aramco, also contributes around 60% of the government revenue, and the government employs almost 70% of all working Saudis. Isn't that nice? This was in July of 2020, folks. July of 2020. Like I said, you were warned. Today, July 20th, 2020, today, global oil prices are even lower. At the time the above quote was written, okay, Brent, the international benchmark, was trading around $60 per barrel, but now it is barely above $40 per barrel after trading much lower in March, April, and May. So July... 2020, $40 a barrel, and that was up, $40 a barrel, now $119, approaching $120 right now, as I look at the live ticker here at oilprice.com. Okay, next, this is the Financial Post, August 12th. 2021. Alberta slams White House for demanding more OPEC oil after canceling Keystone XL. Biden is taking the heat for higher gasoline prices during the summer driving season. Hold on. Time out. This is August of 2021. I thought the price of oil only went up because of Russia. How long has that war been going on? Two weeks? But August 2021, we already saw higher gas prices. How could that happen if Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine yet? Huh? This is, some of you people live in like 30-second TikTok sound bites, and you don't know what happens before or after that. Your entire existence is, you know, reels and TikToks. That's all it is. Reels is the TikTok knockoff on Instagram. Wounded after U.S. usurper-in-chief Joe Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline that would have shipped Alberta crude to the United States, the province snapped at the White House's call on the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, OPEC, 
Wednesday to raise production faster than planned. The Biden administration pleaded with OPEC to increase oil production to rescue the United States from high fuel prices months after canceling Keystone XL. Smacks of hypocrisy, according to the Alberta Energy Minister, Sonia Savage. Said that in a statement. This is August of 2021. Keystone XL would have provided Americans with the stable source of energy from a trusted ally and friend. Exactly. Yet she had the audacity, Karen haircut and all, to hop onto Twitter and rip Joe Biden to pieces. Good for her. This lady wants to see the manager, Josh. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney, also critical of the Biden administration. The same U.S. administration that retroactively canceled Canada's Keystone XL pipeline is now pleading with OPEC and Russia and Russia and Russia to produce and ship more crude oil. This comes just as Vladimir Putin's Russia has become the second largest exporter of oil to the U.S. Man. August 2021. All right, let's 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 go a little bit forward, shall we? What's the date on this bad boy? Uh, This is August of 2021 as well. American Energy Alliance. Biden begs America's enemies for oil while attacking domestic producers. At every turn, Biden has instituted policies to hurt the North American oil and gas industry, resulting in decreasing U.S. energy independence during the turn earned during the Trump administration and benefiting oil producing countries. Russia, for example, has become the number two oil importer to the United States, second only to Canada. That means we import more oil from Russia than any other country other than Canada. You think that might put us in a bit of a predicament with Ukraine? You think? Biden has also canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. We're removing sanctions that the Trump administration implemented to the Russia's Nord Stream 2 pipeline could supply Germany and with natural gas later this year without going through Ukraine. Without going through Ukraine. You catching this? Without going through Ukraine. Through Biden's actions, Russia will be able to increase its energy revenues and improve its economy. Hmm. Oh. You think I'm done? No, I'm not done. Wait till you hear the latest move by the United States. I'm going to tell you all about it coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. It's all right, man. We got we got a solution to our oil and gas situation. All right. So here's what we're going to do. The United States of America is not going to start pumping more oil again. No, 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 no. We're we're not going to get back our strategic oil reserves that we just gave to Asia several months ago. No, we're not going to do that. What we're going to do instead is we are going to go to our super awesome special buddies, the Venezuelans, and we're going to ask Venezuela to make more oil for us. Well, pump it. They don't make it. You get the idea. Isn't that nice? 
Isn't that yeah, it's not it's nice, right? It's super, super nice, right? I know. It's so nice that you don't even know how nice it really is. That's how nice it is. So we now have U.S. officials flying over to Venezuela and asking Venezuela to give us, sell us more oil. But it's not just U.S. officials. No, no, no. Big CEOs are going over there now, too. Isn't that great? So we've got everybody. Everybody's looking at this and saying, "Yeah, yeah, let's let's uh, let's totally let's go over there." Why not? If we can't get uh, oil from from ourselves because we don't we don't want to, you know, because of like newts and whatnot, and we don't want to get oil from Russia, which became our second biggest importer, then why don't we just go ahead and go to the Venezuelans? So we won't go to Canada. We won't go to Russia. We won't go to Britain. We won't go anywhere else. We'll go to Venezuela. Venezuela will take care of it for us. I, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I do not know. Okay. This is, well, to be honest with you, I told you this was going to happen. I told you that there was going to be, okay, Josh, sometimes my memory's a little fuzzy. If you could not don the newsman thing and just try and and be like my historian here. Did I or did I not say that there would be a international conflict that would distract you from issues prior to the election? I did. Josh says yes. Did I or did I not say that there was going to be pro-Russia policies that benefited the Russian energy sector with the Biden presidency? I did. See? See? All right, you can go back to being a newsman. Okay, this is, it was so predictable. White House and State Department negotiations met Maduro representatives in Venezuela's capital, Caracas. By the way, the restaurant Caracas right across the street, phenomenal. You definitely need to eat there. Best, best dessert I think I've ever seen in my entire life. So they did that over the weekend. Citing anonymous U.S. officials, the New York Times claimed that the Biden administration is is motivated partly by concern that Russia's Latin American allies, which include the authoritarian regimes in Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela, could become security threats if the geopolitical clash with Putin escalated. So what do we do to eliminate the geopolitical threat? We go and we buy their oil and give them more money. Heck yeah, man. That is a winning strategy. Give them more money. To buy all of the things that they want to buy to kill us. That's Isn't that great? Isn't that a wonderful thing? We're worried about you guys being a geopolitical threat. So let's just buy a bunch of stuff and enrich you. That makes sense to anybody else? I know. I know. There's a couple of you Davos people listening right now. going, Well, yeah, you, you buy their oil and stuff and you give them more money. And then they don't want to hurt your feelings because they want your money. Yeah, that's how it always works out, right? <clears throat> How's that working out for Europe and Russia right now? That's right, it's not. It's not. Now, Shell Gasoline, there are ways for you to see what gas stations use oil from which countries. Shell Gasoline is defending their decision to buy discounted oil from Russia because Russia is discounting their oil like super, super cheap. So you can get their cheap, their their oil cheaper than normal for various reasons. They need cash flow. Uh, And Shell is buying it. So people are furious at Shell 
And Shell's position, I'm just going to paraphrase it. I don't need to give you the corporate gobbledygook. Shell's perspective is, do you want to pay $5 a gallon or not? (laughs) That's kind of their perspective. (laughs) So as you look at the gas, the, the gas prices right around here. So we did three gas stations just a couple of minutes ago. Kroger went up to 425. I said it, and and you know what happened? I said Kroger was still at four. Somebody was listening to the show. They went, crap, we forgot to change the price. So Kroger at on McKinley is now 425. It's no longer four bucks. It's still cheaper than the 440, and it's still cheaper than the 436 that we who knows what they're at now. If Kroger went up to 425, are they still at 440? I'll look during the uh, the news break here. So Shell Gasoline's like, look, you got cars, you need gas, and we can get gas cheap. So that's what we're going to do. And people, you can't buy the Russian stuff. And they're like, oh, we can, and we did. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you don't want to buy it, you go pay more someplace else and make sure that it's, you know, much, much more ethical Venezuelan oil. Everybody is still stupid. Part three continues. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, MNC News Time 331. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. The stupidity continues. You know, we kind of talked about this on Friday. What is being done to the Russian people, not the government. Forget the government, forget Putin. Nobody likes him. But what's being done to the Russian people is basically the modern-day equivalent of internment. That's we, we talked about this on Friday. I think it was an astute observation because that's pretty much what's going on. You know, you got one of the largest countries in the world and their entire... Their entire metro system runs on Visa and MasterCard, and Visa and MasterCard pulled out of the country. Now, there's a few feeble-minded types out there who are like, well, yeah, but if you make the Russians' lives hard, then they'll turn on Putin. Cool. Name me another example of when that ever happened, ever. Nope, you're going to get blamed. You're gonna ban, you're gonna ban Russian kids from playing on Xbox and PlayStation. You think they're gonna take that out on Putin, or do you think that they're going to, you know, hate the Ukrainians for making the request and hate the companies for fulfilling that request and anybody affiliated with those companies? And even if those companies happen to be Japanese companies, guess what? They're American companies in everybody else's eye. You want to make people hate the West? You unnecessarily make their day-to-day lives harder instead of punishing the government or punishing Putin. Have you seen the lines that are in the uh, the malls and stuff like that for Russians trying to get into their banks? Have you seen it? Because they can't get their money out. You know why they can't get their money out? Because their debit card has a Visa or MasterCard logo on it. you got an entire nation of people who can't get money out of their own bank accounts. Who do you think they blame for that? You? Or do you think that they're going to blame Vladimir Putin? 
who has spent years providing real evidence and trumped-up evidence of neo-Nazis on the Ukrainian side of the border killing civilians in the eastern Donbass region. Who do you, who do you think they're going to believe? You got to understand something. Just like you aren't getting Russian news, they're not getting your news. So what has Russia done? Well, Russia turned to China. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Russia is now getting all of their credit cards, their debit cards, and everything else from China. So now Russia, China, Iran, and even India, our ally, are now entering into monetary financial arrangements where they don't deal with the American dollar at all. Yeah, you think that's going to work out well for us in the long run? That you've got major economies in the world no longer trading with the American dollar? You think that's going to work out great? India's kind of hemming back and forth. Maybe they'll come back. Who knows? But it, you really, you think that that's going to benefit us? Or do you think that's going to further isolate Russia and turn them into a rogue state? What do you think is going to happen there? Let me give you the idea of the idiocy yet again. Josh, would you do me a favor and please cue up my audio? Fort Myers, Florida. Look at this. Look at this genius. You're are you, are you already laughing or are you coughing? Okay. I thought, I thought Josh was already laughing. You heard part of the clip earlier. This is a bar called the Naughty Parrot, as in a bird, showing their astute knowledge of not only international politics and foreign policy, but also their own product. It's a bar, after all. Have a listen. Please. Patrick, the owner of Naughty Parrot Oasis here in Fort Myers is joining other American and Canadian businesses and protesting what's happening in the Ukraine. They're boycotting Russian products, and this business here in Fort Myers plans on going even further. It's sad to see it on the news, people getting displaced from their homes and, uh, you know, uh, all a matter of resources. It's just, uh, it's terrible to see their sovereignty being threatened. <laughs> so the Naughty Parrot Oasis owner says he did this. We pulled any bottle that would have any tie to Russia. So we pulled uh, Smirnoff, mm. Stoli, a couple mm. Smirnoff flavors. Mm. What if someone would say like Smirnoff is made in USA? It is, but it's more of a symbolic gesture, oh. uh, you know, to get, you know, it did originate in uh, Russia, you know, quite a while ago. Oh, so, so because Smirnoff's came to the United States in the 1800s. We've got to cancel them now just because of their name. You're going to tell me now that that's not xenophobic. <sighs> I know that some of you might be a little too young to remember this. I know that I am, but as a student of history, I know about it. Do you remember Liberty salad? Anybody? Josh, you ever heard of Liberty Salad? Josh has never heard of Liberty Salad. I would imagine that a lot of you have not heard of Liberty Salad. You know what Liberty Salad was? It was sauerkraut. But you couldn't call it sauerkraut because of World War I and the krauts were the enemy. So it became Liberty Salad. So everything German was basically banned in the United States. This country, with its rich German history, this country banned German stuff 
including sauerkraut. <laughs> oh, my word. So this this guy's, well, yeah, you know, like in the 1800s, like they, they were Russian and stuff, and they emigrated to the United States. So, you know, we're just going to throw it out and pour, pour it in the trash can. But it's made here. What do you think Russians who are watching all of this, who live here now, are thinking? What do you think they're thinking? They probably hate Vladimir Putin. They probably don't like Russia. They have love for it. It's their home, but they don't like Russia, which is why they escaped and came here. And now they're they're looking at the television. They're watching everybody just cancel anybody who happens to be Russian who has nothing. Of, I mean, the opera singer who was fired for crying out loud condemned the attack. She condemned the invasion. She condemned the attack. She still got fired. Why? She's Russian. You can't have a Russian opera singer. Who's ever heard of a Russian opera singer? Oh, they're actually the best opera singers. Well, she she still is Russian, and that's, you know, we can't have that. And this genius is like, yeah, you know, we're going to throw away these uh, American-made vodkas because, like, you know, just ban vodka. <laughs> vodka historically comes from Russia. Just ban vodka. Don't have any vodka in there. Because it's all tied to Russia. While you're at it, get rid of beets. Can't have any beets. Can't have a lot of types of breads and stuff. Yeah, just just get anything that anything that may have any kind of a cultural or historic tie to Russia or Russians must be just canceled and gotten rid of. You are watching insane people behave insanely right now. That's what you're doing. What else has been banned? Nike won't sell their shoes in Russia. Disney films will not play in Russia. UPS and FedEx will not ship to Russia. Apple and Google Pay will not function in Russia along with Visa and MasterCard. Yeah. Along with all of the other ridiculous things that we told you about over the past several days. <clears throat> you're you're going to turn them you're going to turn them against everybody else. And, and I, I just, you know, for the, those of you who are students of Sun Tzu, I mean, you're looking at this and you're just going, oh, my gosh. Sun Tzu said something about a golden bridge, didn't he? For those of you who don't know, Sun Tzu's The Art of War talked about building your, your enemy a bridge, a golden bridge. I feel like we need Trump back. A big, gold, big beautiful golden bridge for them to escape from. Or escape to. Give them an easy way to leave the battle. You think that's happening when you're banning breeds of cat from competition? We're going to go over some of this stuff here because I, I covered this in greater detail in my early show today. Western media is straight up lying to you about a lot of stuff. We'll talk about that next. 95.3 MNC. You know, while we're banning, and some people are, you know, I'm seeing this on the Discord server too. Um, you know, Barry, good friend of mine. Russia did invade a peaceful country. Therefore, whatever they have to endure is their own fault. I would agree with that if 
if we applied that same logic universally, but we, we only pick and choose when, when that's done. And that, I guess that's where my problem is. For example, in the, the news media realm, we've banned Russian news outlets from being able to provide any information because they, they provide misinformation. Uh, well, we already know the Ukrainians provide misinformation. A bunch of the big Ukrainian stories that, that came out of Ukraine ended up getting debunked. Who did, who did they get debunked by? Oh, yeah, they got debunked by the Russian media. So you had to get rid of the Russian media so that way they didn't mess with the narrative anymore, right? So we can't have Russian media in the United States because they produce misinformation, yet we have the Chinese Communist Party that pays major newspapers and some television stations to carry their content here in the United States. And you open your little newspaper up, New York Times, Washington Post, you open it up, there's a China, China Daily. That is Chinese Communist Party government propaganda. That's okay. But you can't have RT or Sputnik News? I wonder why that would be. Could it be that the Western media is not telling you the truth all the time? And so here's, here's, the, here's the deal here um, in the Ukraine. So the Daily Mail published a story. I went into much greater detail on the early show today. On a Russian separatist warlord who led neo-Nazi Sparta mob is shot dead during a battle in eastern Ukraine. Um, okay, so he's not a neo-Nazi. The Sparta battalion isn't neo-Nazi. They're at war with what they claim are neo-Nazis on the Ukrainian side. And we do know that neo-Nazis are on the Ukrainian side. The Azov Battalion is notorious. Fox News, by the way, interviewed the leader of the Azov Battalion today. I didn't hear the interview yet, so I haven't commented on it, but I thought that was interesting. They're actual neo-Nazis. So the Daily Mail and a bunch of Western media organizations slandered this guy who was killed, who, by the way, he was a terrible guy, had admitted to war crimes and everything else, but he wasn't a neo-Nazi. But they accused him of being a neo-Nazi without any evidence. And... Then PBS put an actual neo-Nazi, the mayor of a town in Ukraine, who is a well-known neo-Nazi. They put him on the air, and he had a picture of a Ukrainian leader who helped the Nazis in World War II, and they blurred out the painting so you didn't see it. But PBS put him on there. So I guess what? I don't know. Our Nazis are good and their Nazis are bad? Is that where we're at? If only there was maybe some Russian media who could explain some of that stuff. Oh, that's right. We got rid of them. You only get propaganda from one side now. More coming up. It's always funny watching the uh, the veterans <laughs> joking about why, why did the government tell me I had to wear my mop gear with a nuclear fallout? I could have just worn a cloth mask. I'd have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You you know what? Here's the thing. I think that that is probably the dumbest PSA that our government has put out. And I'm including the run and hide and fight with scissors thing. You remember that? <laughs> use use scissors if the bad guy gets close to you after you run and hide instead of defending yourself. Just use scissors, you know. I think this is dumber than that. Oh, in the event of uh, sheltering in place with a nuclear war, make sure you socially distance and wear your mask. <sighs> Can't catch the COVID while you're fighting off nuclear radiation.
It's... God. Uh, you boneheads. You boneheads. You elected him. Well, for those of you who did vote for him, and then for the others who filled out the extra ballots, you know, you're, you're irresponsible. All right. Got to move on here. <clears throat> if you want more details on what I was just talking about with the Western media lying about certain people and then covering up who certain people are, I really encourage you to go to my website, theburningtruth.us. I wrote the article there, but I did a whole live stream on it earlier today. So I really encourage, seriously, because you're getting a lot of fake news out of Ukraine with a pro-Ukraine message. Both sides are effectively using propaganda here. So what the West has decided is they don't want Russia to mess with the pro-Ukraine propaganda. So they're just banning Russian media everywhere. And at the end of the day, like I said, it's, you know, one, we need to be careful that we don't descend to xenophobic outrage. Okay. We need to, you can't do that. I don't approve of the strategy of intentionally harming the civilian population in Russia when you could go after the government. Some of you disagree with me on that. That's fine. And you need to have access to information from all sources. The idea that governments can censor a news agency, whether it is run by a foreign government or not, based on the accusation of misinformation when those same governments have allowed misinformation from the Ukrainian perspective to go viral here, should concern all of you. If you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, you have seen this strategy used against you for decades. It has now been taken by Davos Inc. to a global scale. This is, like I said, this is the rollout of the global, I don't know what you want to call it, cancel culture, censorship model, whatever it is. You will fall in line with the narrative or you won't. The scariest part about what I was telling you in that couple of minutes before the last news break was what I saw with Wikipedia and search results. That's what I really want you to see that. And I highlighted that in the live stream earlier on rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Nobody has ever considered, ever considered the Spartan Battalion to be a neo-Nazi organization before. The Daily Mail writes an article about it being a neo-Nazi organization. They're not. They have committed war crimes. But so has the Azov Battalion on the other side, who do actually have neo-Nazis in their ranks. So it's when you when you go through the Wikipedia page, where the Wikipedia page has no reference to them being neo-Nazis, yet the search results in the search engine. The first sentence is that they are a neo-Nazi fascist group. But nobody's ever considered them that. Ever. And their enemy, their sworn enemy, are Nazis. You start to see what we're dealing with. But that's, look, that's, that's how everything is, everything is done now. I mean, if you don't like somebody, they just become a Nazi or a fascist. Now, some of the pro-Russia propaganda that I have seen, because it's still out there, uh, the pro-Russia propaganda that I've seen, they view this 
very much, and I'm talking about like the extreme, not like the, no, they were shelling people in the eastern region, we're protecting them, and that sort of stuff. Not the centrist Russian perspective. I'm talking about the far extreme pro-Russia crowd. They very much view this as an ideological purity contest of socialism. They're on the Marxist side, and the Ukrainians are on the fascist side. So the Ukrainians are the Nazis, and and the Russians are the Marxists. It is, it's really quite bizarre to watch this, because Russia's not a Marxist country anymore, and they've tried to, partly because of Putin, tried to embrace um, a free market, although they've been limited in that somewhat. So it'll be really interesting uh, to see how the, the message war gets used here because now you're taking, you know, news agencies out of it. And you're just letting, you know, the average person deal with it. It's, yeah, it, it's crazy stuff, guys. Crazy stuff. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to post the video of the Sky News team getting ambushed by Russians in Ukraine. Holy smokes, was that a heck of a video. Thank God everybody got out. Um, uh, yeah, just crazy stuff. I mean, they say that they're Russians, but I don't think they ever actually confirmed that they were Russian. But I think part of it was that there weren't Ukrainian soldiers officially in that area. But there are civilians still doing things, so who knows? Um, crazy video. All right, let's 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 go on to other stuff now. A judge cleared a father from Rochester, New York, who was arrested and charged with criminal trespassing last spring for not wearing a mask at his son's outdoor baseball game. Remember this story? We talked about Chad Hummel on the show. He's an attorney who was facing up to 90 days in jail and professional licensing consequences. He was acquitted last week after a four-hour bench trial before a judge. You imagine you arrest a guy, you charge him with trespassing because they don't wear a mask. He ends up being a lawyer. Talk about bad luck, huh? So, Hummel, being a lawyer, plans to sue the district over the incident and its decision to ban the father from the district property, which threatened to keep Hummel from his son's graduation ceremony. Mr. Hummel is pleased with the verdict, and he is thankful for the court's thoughtful legal decision, according to a press release, which was written by the lawyer, Mr. Hummel. <laughs> If you're going to arrest anybody, I mean, maybe have it not be the lawyer. Sometimes the lawyers show up because they actually know their rights and uh, and they, they, they throw their weight around a little bit. Uh, the release suggests two witnesses for the prosecution told, quote, untrue testimony under oath during the trial. Yee, that'll do it for you. Hummel cannot elaborate on the identity or the nature of the untrue testimony as he prepares for the civil lawsuit. So we'll hear more about this later and believes that the civil litigation is the appropriate forum for that truth to come out. The trespass charge arose from an incident where Hummel was standing alone in a field, alone in a field, alone in a field, hundreds of feet from anyone, maskless. When he was approached by a security guard employed by the the uh, what Iron Iron Decoit chief of police, Alan Laird's private security company in town. Uh, the plainclothes guard ordered Hummel to leave his son's baseball game despite the executive order at the time that did not require outdoor masking. So they tried to pull this. This is private property stuff. So he refused, and then they handcuffed him and they took him to jail. And then 
the case happened, and he won, and now he's going to sue everybody involved, and I hope he takes him to the cleaners. All right. I just, <laughs> I just, I can't wait to hear what the untruths. I, I'm sure that they did all sorts of. They probably, what did he? What he breathed on people. I'm sure he did all sorts of stuff, right? It's kind of like this mom with uh, Ron DeSantis, the mom who was upset at her minor child, who's a college student, her her minor her minor child, who's a college student, taking his mask off from uh, Ron DeSantis when Ron DeSantis said, "You don't have to wear that if you don't want to," and and then she attacked Ron DeSantis about mask wearing while she was not wearing a mask on the news and didn't understand why everybody's making fun of her. It's just Oh, what stuff. Good for this guy. I hope he wins a lot of money. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm going to say something I haven't said in a long time in this show. Dominion voting machines. I don't know how I missed this. Yes, I do. I know how I missed this. Bunch of other stuff is going on. The news media doesn't want to cover it. That's how I missed it. So a week ago, the CEO of Dominion got arrested. Nobody, Nobody heard about... About Dominion Voting Systems CEO Eric Coomer getting arrested. <laughs> it seems like that might be might be news, right? <laughs> but nobody talked about it. I'm sure that there's some live streams and some some uh, podcasters have probably picked up on the story who really pay attention to the election stuff. But um, he was arrested in Colorado, People's Republic of, not because of anything related to voter fraud or anything like that, but does kind of go into the guy's character. <laughs> Eric Coomer worked for Dominion Voting Systems as a director in the United States. He offered election software and equipment to 28 states. Uh, and then he sat cuffed in a police cruiser after being arrested. And <laughs> when he was in the police cruiser, he finally told the police who he was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, essentially... There's this really, really, I'll call it funny. You can call it compelling, whatever you want. When he was arrested, like, there's a bunch of damage and outside this building, and then they knock on the door, and he answers the door. He's like, yeah. And they're like, have you been driving? <laughs> Turns out this guy, he's 51 years old, um, <laughs> and he is... Yeah, he's he's been accused of uh, driving while impaired and some other stuff. But uh, they took him into custody in Colorado. And like I, said, I would have just assumed that that would have been a story, but no, not a story at all. And again, there's other things that are going on that will take over the news cycle. But honestly, I mean, when you start looking at it, it's it's hard to find any news story. Like if you go ahead okay, and you put his name in Google right now, Eric Coomer. You will see a bunch of articles from last year, and you will see 
about how he's been slandered, how he's going to file lawsuits and how he did file some lawsuits, lawsuits and everything else against some radio host, some other people. But at the end of the day, here he is behind bars. Now, he says that he was under a lot of stress. Yeah, so so are all of us. That doesn't mean that I get to go and and do that. Uh, the body cam footage was released. What was it? Um, <clears throat> four days ago. The body cam was released four days ago. He was arrested six days ago. And nobody's nobody's gone over it. The story is like buried everywhere. Just I mean, seriously, search for his name and see if you can find it. Eric Coomer arrested. It's just buried. You will get the body cam footage though. But yeah, well, that's just I'm looking at the live stream. It's like, well, yeah, of course the plan is to cover it up. Well, exactly. You can't have anything that even if it's not related to the election. You still can't have anything at all that would dare to suggest that this guy may be a flawed human being. But he is. So he gets he gets arrested. You don't get the story. Very few outlets picked up on it. Most of them are alternative outlets. There's a couple of mainstreams that, that do have it, but it's not a featured story. But nonetheless... He, he drove his truck into a building and then he left the scene of it and then he lied to police about it. So you can go watch the body cam footage of him being detained. It's, uh, I, I again, I would call it very interesting and entertaining. Some people might call it compelling, but it's, it's odd to say the least. So definitely check it out. I'll put it in the daily show prep for everybody so you can go check it out. And uh, watch it. But yeah, the CEO of Dominion Voting Systems has <laughs> drove trunk, drove his truck into a bar, into a bar, then fled, then lied about it, got caught, got arrested. News media didn't cover a single thing about it, which is weird because like, di- didn't like a couple of days ago, was it like, um, I think it was a week, maybe two, he did finally get a lawsuit filed against, uh, I think, some radio host somewhere. I believe that that was just like not that long ago. So you would assume that he would have still been enough in the news cycle for people to have picked up on the fact that he was he was arrested for driving his truck into a building. <clears throat> no word yet on if that building had any ballots that were missing or any of the hard drives that Dominion Voting Systems is not turning over to authorities. What a world, huh? Don't forget, you can follow me online, theburningtruth.us. Sign up for my newsletter. Get the daily show prep podcast. Subscribe on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. I forgot my laptop, so no live stream during this show, but today's earlier live stream was a darn good one. So go check it out. Got more coming up, 95.3 MNC, MNC News Time, 431. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, Rumors, okay, the announcement from the Ukrainians, which you can't trust anymore because you don't have any counterpoint media, but the 
the announcements from Ukraine are that they have retaken a city that is just uh, was southeast of Kharkiv. Uh, Chuhuiv, I don't know how to say it. Apologize. But what's funny about it is the article's in the Daily Mail, and they have retakes in quotation marks. <laughs> oh, my. It's just so, it's so preposterous. I, I just, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for the people of Ukraine, but it's like, holy smokes. All right. What else do we have here? R&B Car Company. Go to R&B Car Company. A lot of you are getting a tax refund here soon, right? Yeah, buy yourself a better car. You deserve it. Okay? Nobody else is going to tell you you deserve it, so I'm telling you. You deserve it. Don't get a car for somebody else. Get a car for you. You deserve it. It's your turn. RBCarCompany.com. I got to talk about Coke. I thought that I had missed this, but Josh is telling me that I teased it for today, so maybe I'm not late. So Coca-Cola has released a new flavor of Coke, and it is space-flavored. Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking. What does space taste like, and how would Coke possibly know that? Well, here's the thing. We actually have a kind of an idea of what space might taste like. But did Coke actually go with that? That's the question. Let's find out. Have you ever wondered what space tastes like? Of course not. You have no desire to taste the cold, merciless vacuum of instant death that is the open cosmos. This is not the B.com. I don't think they like space. I keep telling people, we need to just send people up there. Instead of speculating what will happen in a vacuum, we need to send people up there who have been given a death sentence, and we need to actually space them. And then we can record it, and we can get all sorts of data that way. Then we'll actually know. Is nobody else on board with this? You're not going to know what actually happens in space until it happens. You can speculate all you want. Maybe you'll get close. Maybe not. So Coca-Cola decided to make space-flavored soda. This is not the first time this has happened. There, there was a company in Japan a few years ago that made space-flavored tea. Because, of course, it's Japan. They can't make anything else. I don't know why they would. It's tea. Although space-flavored sake probably would have been really good. Once you know what the, the taste of space is, you might agree with me on that. So Coca-Cola's latest drink is out of this world. The beverage giant announced the release of Starlight, a new limited-edition soda that combines the original Coca-Cola flavor with what the brand calls a dash of the unexpected, including a reddish hue available in both a in original taste and zero sugar options, Starlight has a unique taste that the brand says includes notes reminiscent of stargazing around a campfire, as well as a cooling sensation that evokes the feeling of a cold journey to space. Well, I think if you are going to drink space, I don't think it's going to be a cool sensation. I, I, I think it's going to be a... I'm I'm dying sensation. Also, what 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 exactly does the taste of stargazing around a campfire taste like? Doesn't that taste like campfire smoke? Maybe old rotten melted marshmallows? God, that is an awful smell too, by the way. 
marshmallows that have been sitting there for a little bit. <sighs> All right. So here's here's what it is. The soda tastes like Coca-Cola with added fruity and vanilla flavor. It tastes like strawberry, marshmallow, and or cotton candy. It has a very slight cooling effect that uh, people say they only notice if they try to focus on it. It's not minty, just cooling. It sounds like something's going to really hurt your stomach. But anyway, so here's, here's the thing. I actually know what space tastes like. They've studied this, guys. Coca-Cola should have known this. So if Coca-Cola is going to release a, sa- a soda that is supposed to taste like space, you think that they would have actually released something that went along with the experiment. So let me take you back in time. 2015. There's an article from Eater.com that was uh, republished from Future Week. Okay. What does space taste like and why does it matter? That's a good question. Why does it matter? Why why does what space taste? Look, space somebody who's an inmate, okay? Space them. And then right before they die, that millisecond, see if they can get off what it tastes like. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> I bet you could sell pay-per-views to that that execution. I bet you make a lot of money. I'm just saying. Could help the people of Ukraine. Or, you know, fund our southern border and get rid of our deficit. But, you know, priorities, people of Ukraine. Okay. Part of the Eater's Future Week, we look uh, today to the intersection of food and space. So they go through all this, you know, normal hubbub and everything else. Well, it turns out that there is a, uh, there's like a gas cloud in our solar system. And they know what the gas cloud is made up of. So they decided to go ahead and take the chemical composition of this cloud, okay, and study it in a lab. So the in 2009, astronomers were able to identi- identify the chemical called ethyl formate. So ethyl formate is from this uh, this this cloud. I don't where the I don't. It's just a big dust cloud, which is in the center of the Milky Way. Okay, so ethyl formate. They studied it, they they figured out that this is what the cloud is made of, and then they were able to analyze it in a lab. So ethyl formate is responsible for the flavor of, are you ready? Raspberries. It also happens to smell like rum. So it smells like rum, but it tastes like raspberries. By the way, is there a raspberry rum? Has anybody ever had a raspberry rum? Because I would down that. So they actually studied this. Space, at least in the Milky Way galaxy, allegedly tastes like raspberries and smells like rum. So if Coca-Cola was going to make a space-flavored soda, it should have been raspberries Possibly with a dash of rum. Why isn't Coke just making like rum and Coke? There's other places that do rum and so what is, Coke should just make rum and Coke. Just make rum and Coke. The little half and half cans, just do that. I don't know why they, they don't do it. Rum and Coke sounds really good right now. Josh, go give me a rum and Coke. If I give you a couple bucks, you go do it. <laughs> <laughs> the moment 
550 hits, just gone. <laughs> so the new Starlight Coke, I have not tasted it. You want to do a taste test on this, dude? If we can get, a, get our hands on it, we'll do a taste test. We haven't done a taste test in forever. So we get our hands on the Coca-Cola Starlight. We'll do a taste test for everybody and tell you what it tastes like. See if we can sense the cooling sensation. But they say it's strawberries and like cotton candy and vanilla, but the actual research says that space tastes like raspberries, smells like rum. So Coke swung and missed again. More coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, just wanted to give a quick little update. The last that I heard on the People's Convoy in D.C., circling the Beltway, honking their horns, letting everybody know. Uh, They avoided going to downtown D.C. A lot of people really worried that they were going to make that mistake and go to downtown D.C., but they did not want to be treated like they were uh, January 6th protesters. So they were wise on this. They knew what was going on. Uh, legendary combat correspondent Michael Yawn is embedded with the convoy. I have put in a request to get him on the show. I don't know if that's going to happen. He's obviously busy with this, and he's probably planning getting out of the country after this to go to Ukraine. Uh, He's been promoting a friend of his that's in Ukraine uh, with his reporting, but uh, Michael Yawn is the, the most experienced combat correspondent, I think, in the world. And he's phenomenal. But he's embedded with the Freedom Convoy. And so he's been posting these updates. And I posted on my social media, um, I think it was the first week, he put a bunch of pictures up there. And this convoy is massive. It is absolutely huge. There's estimates all over the place on what it is. But they circled the Beltway a couple of times, honking their horns. That was the last that I heard this morning. So some of you are probably more up to date than I am on it. Since some of you watched the live stream, um, they did show that there was some cases where people were finally being attacked up until now. And I think Michael Yawn actually posted that yesterday. He goes, up until today, I'm paraphrasing now because I don't have it directly in front of me, but it said up something like up until today, I would have said that it was safe to bring your kids out. But that's not the case anymore. People are starting to attack them. But as they post these pictures, you know, there's they're driving through the country. They went through Indiana, obviously. Several other convoys kind of latched onto the main convoy in Indiana outside of Indianapolis. And they kept going. Um, people on the bridges and things like that, you know, greeting them. And now what we've seen is we've seen some of the people who go on the bridges are now being harassed and attacked by people around them as they get further east into blue areas. And so it's become kind of kind of dangerous in some spots. So he's... He's posted about this and says that he recommends not bringing kids if you are going to participate in the convoy before it starts heading back. But um, he's providing those updates, Yon Y-O-N.com. I really encourage you to check him out. You should be following him anyway. I haven't interviewed him since Las Vegas, but um, he is by far and away the best combat correspondent that I have ever seen. Uh, and his photography is just outstanding. So... Uh, I know that there's a few people on the Discord server that follow him as well. Just a a very, very interesting dude. Uh, but he's been on the Freedom Convoy this entire time. So just letting you know that they, you know, they did the circle in DC around the beltway a couple of times and, you know, doing the, the horn honking and all that stuff. But 
it did start getting a little little stressful in some areas. But for the most part, the country has been very friendly and peaceful and lots of support going through as people know when the convoy is going to be there and they set up on those overpasses and they greet them and say hi and they got flags waving and all of that stuff. But uh, unfortunately, as you get into some of those more blue eastern areas, they tend to get a little bit more anti-freedom and a little bit more violent. And that started to happen. So hopefully nothing gets out of control. So far, it's it's just been a bunch of pushing and shoving and people, you know, trying to take American flags and throw them on the ground and all of that stuff while running around and going, oh, I live here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> Most of the people live there too. But yeah, you throwing the American flag on the ground and saying that you live there and telling other people to leave, That's that's an interesting one. So Freedom Convoy is still, uh, still ro- rocking and rolling, doing its thing, and it is a massive, massive convoy. I'm hoping to get Michael Yawn on because I want to see what what some of his experiences have been, the, the good stuff and, of course, the bad stuff. But we do know that it includes more than 1,000 vehicles. That much we know. How much more, that's up for debate. But it is more than 1,000 vehicles. So it is a massive, massive convoy. All right, folks, we got another hour to go. Make sure you follow me online, The Burning Truth. Dot us you can get the daily show prep the podcast and more over there including the latest videos and really good article today if you ask me got more coming up news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. <laughs> Jen Psaki. Did you just hear Jen Psaki? Jen Psaki just said in the Fox News break, no, 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 we're producing more oil than ever. No, you're not, you liar. <laughs> I'm staring at the oil production sheet. No, you aren't. I don't know why you're saying it. Well, yes, I do. Because you're a liar. That's, folks, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I really, I truly don't know what to tell you. These people are perpetual, perpetual, perpetual liars. And everything that they do, everything they say, must be taken with a grain of salt. There is just no way around that. <laughs> Gosh. They think you don't... And here's... A, okay. First of all, it's your fault. I, I want to make that crystal clear because, you know, they were out there and they were telling you that they're producing more oil than ever. And all you have to do is hop online and you can see that they're lying. But you know what? You choose not to do it. And because you choose not to do it, most of you, and because the news media won't do it for you, they get away with it. So that's I I don't I don't know what else to say. I really don't. You can go and look this up. When you look up um, how it was under 
under Trump, too. Um, I mean, it's the end of his presidency. I mean, it was just ramping up. So when Trump took over, we're doing, uh, what, 9201 in January of 2016, 9201. And his last month in office, they were doing 12,910. And it just, it was just a steady increase almost, almost every single month when you got into his second year. That's when it really started going up was year two. And it just kept going and kept going and kept going. Uh, And, you know, the U.S. might do what they can now. But the problem is that you still damaged infrastructure. You still limited resources. You've still made it more difficult to get... Canadian oil and you're now pursuing oil deals with OPEC trying to get them to increase their production and you're pursuing Venezuelan oil while you all are running around paying you know four dollars and fifty cents or whatever it is now today this afternoon it was 440 on my way into work you're paying that for your gas unless you're lucky enough to have a Costco membership I I how long, Josh, how long have I been telling people? If you don't even walk into Costco, you will save your membership in gas savings. Have I been saying that? You don't have to like any of their food. <laughs> you don't have to like any of their food. You don't have to buy any of the stuff that they have indoors. If you have your annual membership for Costco just for gas, you will make that back and a lot more just in the savings. I, I just... Uh, I, I wish, folks, I, I wish I could I could give you better information or, or help you in some way cope with ha- what's happening here. But this is what happens when you have a, a vegetable as your as your POTUS. I, I, I don't know what else to say. She's lying to you. You can look at the production. All right. <clears throat> so many, so many things. So many things. Venezuela. I can't believe we're going to Venezuela. Remember when Venezuelan oil, everybody's trying to find a gas station that did not use Venezuelan oil? Remember that? Because you didn't want to use commie oil? Now the U.S. is going to Venezuela and asking them to increase oil production to give to us, sell to us, should say. It's craziness. So there's a new ivermectin study out, goes along with the dozens and dozens and dozens of others that say that it works, but I, I digress. I just want to give you the new one. Treatment with ivermectin is associated with decreased mortality in COVID-19 patients according to an analysis of a national federated database. Okay. There was a total of... 1,761,060 possible COVID-19 patients based on the ICD-10 diagnostic terms and confirmatory lab results. Prior to controlling our analysis, yielded 41,608 patients who had COVID-19, resulting in two unique cohorts that were treated with either ivermectin, 1,072, or remdesivir, 40,536. Look, remdesivir is the one that they've always pushed. Remdesivir costs a lot of money. Remdesivir is less effective than hydroxychloroquine by itself in later stages of COVID. And there's a reason that a lot of hospital staff have a negative nickname for remdesivir. 
There's a lot of people who have been killed by that drug. There's a lot of people who have been saved by it, probably, but there's definitely been a lot of people who have been killed by it. And nobody's died from ivermectin. Within the ivermectin cohort, average age was 51.9 plus 17.8 years. 43% were male, 60% had glucocorticoids, and 1% required ventilator support. In the remdesivir cohort, the average was 62 plus 16.0 years. 54% were male, 64% had uh, glucocorticoids, and 2% required ventilation support. I know that for many of you this doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean much for me either. Okay? I know that. I'm just reading you the results of the study. After using propensity score matching and adjusted for potential confounders, ivermectin was associated with reduced mortality versus remdesivir. In other words, versus remdesivir, ivermectin performed better. And it cost you a couple of dollars per pill. Not thousands of dollars in a mandatory hospital admission. Ivermectin, this is the conclusion. Ivermectin was associated with decreased mortality in patients with COVID-19 compared to remdesivir. To our knowledge, this is the largest association study of patients with COVID-19 mortality and ivermectin. Further, double-blinded placebo-controlled RCTs, randomized controlled trials with large samples, are required for definitive conclusion. So they're saying that they need a large randomized controlled trial in order to further um, prove their results, which is what you do in a responsible study. You let everybody know our findings, this is what it shows. But we would like to see more research in it just in case our results, um, you know, wouldn't hold up with a larger sample. So this is normal research, nothing incorrect or weird about how they phrase that. So this is, again, pretty big deal. Uh, it's not a loan, right? This is something that came out this month. It was just published in the internal in, international, excuse me, International Journal of Infectious Diseases. Okay, published this month. And it's just the latest example of a study that shows that ivermectin works. And I ran into this article here in the New York Post, Carol Markowitz. Why we must demand that leaders who got COVID wrong admit it and apologize. We'll talk about that next. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. You know the name of that song? Creamer by Limbiscuit. Radio is dead. The whole radio is dead thing. No, not the... <laughs> I said radio is dead. Producers started freaking out. No, 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 no. no. It's in the... it's... Sorry, it's in the song. All right. <clears throat> I don't get to hear that music normally in those spots. We're, we're playing with the music a little bit today, so it's nice to hear some of the music in, in different spots of the show. Uh, what else do we have here? Okay, so this is Carol Markowitz. I'm going to read. I might read this whole article. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. But I want you, because the way that she phrases this is so good, and she's so on point, I want you to hear what she has to say. The article is why we must demand that leaders who got COVID wrong admit it and apologize. 
As COVID restrictions end around the country and Democratic politicians pretend that something about the science has changed instead of their poll numbers being in the dirt, Americans must first demand apologies. Here, I'll even go first. I spent much of 2020 and 2021 writing again and again, arguing for the opening of schools throughout the country. But in March of 2020, I was one of the leading voices urging schools to close. It made no sense to me that my husband had stopped going into the office because of the mysterious new virus, but my children continued to go to school. People were dying in large numbers in Italy, and I was afraid. I never imagined that two weeks to slow the spread would turn into two years and counting of pausing the lives of children to accommodate hypochondriac adults. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Now you go. You, leadership in school districts that closed for the entirety of the 2020-2021 school year because American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten told you to, and you were too afraid to counter, whether school boards, mayors, or governors, those in charge who kept schools closed have to be held accountable. I would say that that is still the case now. It wasn't that the teachers' union were strong. It's that you were weak. It was a dereliction of your duty. Apologize. But of course, you couldn't have done it without cover from our politicized health health agencies. You, Rochelle Walensky, at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, allowed Weingarten to craft absurd, unscientific policies that kept kids out of school. Remember that? Teachers union drafted those policies, not the experts. You let her block the schoolhouse door because you were on the same political team. You broke the trust Americans had in their health agencies, and we will all suffer the repercussions of that for a long time. True. Apologize to the children whose lives you've stunted and who may never recover from the educational loss. Apologize to the kids who received speech therapy through masks because you refused to acknowledge that masking had been pointless in stopping COVID-19 spread. You may have permanently damaged these children because you refused to admit you had been wrong for so long. Apologize. Dr. Anthony Fauci, you fell in love with your own image and could not stay off the TV even as it caused us all harm. In November of 2021, you said the people who were who were criticizing you were really criticizing science because I represent science. That's dangerous, he said. What's dangerous is if what's dangerous is if you really believe that. You frequently got things wrong on TV or reversed your previous comments with no explanations. The science hadn't changed. You made political calculations to support the dictates of the Biden administration. You actually argued for the passage of the stimulus bill as if you were some kind of lobbyist and not the director of one of our national health agencies. Worst of all, you shut down dissenting opinions from other scientists because you knew your, yours could not withstand scrutiny. You have been a disaster for this country in leading us through the pandemic. All the new stuff coming out about him. Fauci's in trouble, guys. Apologize. Then exit stage left and let us never hear from you again. You fearful, quiet politicians who let extended lockdowns destroy businesses, fray the fabric of our cities, and cost us all so much. We saw you maskless at concerts and parties while our two-year-olds stay masked to this day. We know that you didn't actually think masking was important 
like you implored us it was. You loved your power and nothing else mattered. Apologize. And you, compliant media, the disaster of the last two years is at, is at your feet. You created heroes out of people like Governor Andrew Cuomo, whose nursing home directive cost thousands of lives, while demonizing Governor Ron DeSantis, who used all of his political capital to correctly force schools open, a decision everyone now pretends was easy, but certainly was not. You ran stories about high case numbers in Florida, quote, as schools open, to project that schools were somehow unsafe. You were incurious and did not even challenge the corrupt health care agencies. You let us down. Don't apologize. We don't believe you anyway. The pandemic could be waning, maybe, and the impulse might be to forgive without any apologies and forget. We can't do that. A new variant can easily emerge, and the people who have been wrong for two years will go right back to forcing their failed prescription on us all. Uh, Article this weekend, new variant emerges, by the way. Last year, right around the same time, we saw a loosening of COVID regulations only to have them come roaring back with the Delta variant in summer. We can't keep doing this. When Mayor Eric Adams announced the lifting of restrictions on Gotham last week, the language was suspension of the key to NYC program, which required vaccine proof for indoor spaces. And the city health department released a recommended action plan that reverts to masking in schools during times of medium spread and whenever during high spread and everywhere during high spread. Excuse me. That's why we need the admission of failures of all these policies and who is responsible before we can move on. Americans must insist on it for a collective future. I don't know that I can make a better statement than that. Carol Markowitz nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Over the weekend, they're touting a new strain of COVID. It's a new one out there. Will it be another version of mild Omicron, or will it uh, come roaring back like the Alpha variants? That's the that's the stories that we're hearing over the weekend. They're always finding a new one. They will always find a new one. There's a reason that the the masking requirement at the Capitol was lifted by Pelosi right before the State of the Union address. It's all theater. It always has been theater. The sad part is, is that so many people still believe it in spite of all of the evidence. Because even if you didn't want to listen to me, even if you didn't want to look at the clinical trials, even if you didn't want to list, look at the peer-reviewed research that's been out there since the early 2000s, which all says, I'm right, and your local health officials and politicians are wrong. Even if you, you didn't want to do that, the real-world data still says that they're wrong and that I'm right, that masking doesn't work. But they don't care about that, do they? They just want you to comply. And while they run around and they pretend that the science somehow changed, no, it didn't. There's been no updates in that science. They'll run around and say that. God forbid there's ever a flare-up. I guarantee you, you will be blamed for them dropping these policies, which would not have made a bit of good in another flare-up anyway. But you will be blamed. They will say that they were pressured by you. And that's the only reason they did it. 
On a side note, I would like to thank, not a fan of the man, but I would like to thank Vladimir Putin for ending the pandemic. MNC News Time is 531. It's time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Y'all want to know what Iran has to do with any of this? I mean, why the heck not, right? So Iran, we've got this whole situation with Ukraine and Russia. Who's friendly with Russia? Iran is. What are we trying to do? Prevent Iran from getting nuclear weapons. Right. Okay. So the United States, in the midst of trying to do everything they can to crush Russia's economy, the United States is still asked, asked, for Russia's help with the Iran nuclear deal because Biden is desperate to get back into the nuclear deal. So the Russian envoy actually said, and I quote, Iran got much more than it expected in the nuclear deal. Oh, did they now? Did Iran get much more than they were expecting in the nuclear deal? They didn't abide by anyway and got caught violating like a week after the deal was signed. Remember Lurch? Old John Kerry? I don't understand why they're not adhering to the deal. Because they're Iran. <laughs> you can't trust the Russians no matter what they do. The Iranians, though, yeah, you can trust them. The North Koreans, though, yeah, you can trust them. The Syrians, though, yeah, you can trust them. You just can't trust the Russians. No matter what the Russians do, they're all lying to you. But everybody else, yeah, they're totally good. Yeah, that's that's your leadership right now. And then, of course, Russia, um, they put in kind of like a last-minute demand that the West now had a conniption fit about and said, whoa, we don't know if this deal's going to go through now. All Russia, all Russia wanted was that a part of the deal was that Iran was still going to be allowed to conduct business with Russia because they are trading partners. And since Russia is helping negotiate the deal... Russia say, well, we're helping Iran here not get nuclear weapons. We're helping the West out. All we're asking return is that our trading partners still be allowed to trade with us. And, of course, the West is like, we're trying to crush Russia's economy. We can't allow them to trade with Iran. So that's kind of where we're at. It's, I, guys, I just, this is such a, what a mess. You wanted a power vacuum. You got a power vacuum. Vladimir Putin joked uh, about a week ago that Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, who I've told you is now the leader of the free world, Emmanuel Macron, who meets with Putin almost every day to try and resolve Ukraine. At the end of February, Putin, he jested that Emmanuel Macron was, and I quote, torturing him every day with negotiations because <laughs> they keep having these meetings. But guess who keeps showing up? Putin keeps showing up to the negotiations. Why is Western media not at least pointing that fact out? Whether you think that he's doing it in a disingenuous fashion or not, he's still showing up. He's still talking with the West, isn't he? That used to mean something, but apparently not anymore. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. I don't do this a lot, but I'm going to beg you today. 
The article that I wrote today, I think, is extremely important. Please go to theburningtruth.us, read my latest column. It is all about how the West media, in United States, Britain, etc., are promoting neo-Nazis while hiding who they are in Ukraine. Ukraine is not a neo-Nazi country, but there are neo-Nazis there. You will understand when you read the article. Please read it and share it with anybody who you think would be interested in on all of your social media. Here's Bill O'Reilly.